Welcome to the 10-Minute Food Truck Training Podcast. My name is Bill Moore. I am a food truck business coach, author of five food truck vending books, including Food Truck 101 and Food Truck 201. This podcast is all about helping you start and grow your food truck business. And welcome back to episode number three with Ken Bohm of the Hippie Gourmet Grilled Cheese Food Company. And today we're going to be picking up where we left off yesterday, talking about how folks that do barbecue or mac and cheese, anything that's kind of a scoop and serve menu, how they figure their food costs, and some of the things that impact them that don't impact other kinds of foods. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. We'll talk about the barbecue guys first <laughs> because it's a little bit different than doing the mac and cheese. So a barbecue guy, and this really applies to anyone that's selling any kind of meat. Like if you were doing a, a real deli and you were slicing pepperoni and salami and all that, you have a yield. And what that means is you buy 10 pounds of it, but you're not going to be able to sell 10 pounds of it. You're going to lose some through the, the slicing process, like you talked about with your cheese. The same thing with brisket and all the other different meats that, that people smoke and barbecue and, and all that. They start out with 10 pounds and they know it's going to cook down. What we do and what they should do is they create a cooking control. So they're going to have a sheet of paper that lists roast number one weighed 11 pounds, roast number two weighed 12 pounds, roast number three weighed 16 pounds, whatever. You want the weight when it goes into the oven. Right. And then you're going to pull it out. You know, barbecue guys are either pulling it on temperature or on time, depending upon you know what their methodology is. But at the point that you pull it, you're going to weigh it again. How much did we lose in that cooking process? And then it's going to be held. So you're going to put it into whatever your holding mechanism is. At the point that you go to start serving it, you're going to weigh it again. How much more moisture did I lose? How much more fat did I wow. lose? So you're weighing it again. You're controlling the cooking process. And once you do that enough, you start to see averages. And you know, okay, I'm going to lose one pound coming out the oven and then you right. accept that one pound and then what you would do is adjust the price to yourself basically upwards because you're creating a yield it's going to be a percentage so if you're let me do a calculator let's say you're you're getting meat that costs nine dollars and 99 cents a pound when you buy it at the store but you're only getting a let's say a 70 percent yield right you divide that 9.99 by 0.7 70 percent and that tells you the new price per pound is really $14.27. And that becomes the price that you put into all of your math that we've been doing to, you know, assemble a sandwich and or assemble a plate. Right. But if you don't do those kind of cooking controls, then you're just, you're pricing kind of willy-nilly. And there'll be some weeks where you go, oh man, I made all kinds of money because the meat didn't shrink very much. You, you did 100% yeah. uh, on your portioning, didn't mess anything up. But then the next week, you know, there's a lot of fats, which shrinks really far. You still pay the same price for it, but you don't have as much actual meat to sell. So you have to weigh, wow, that sounds like a ton of work. It is. You got to weigh it before it goes in, weigh it when it comes out, weigh it when you hold it, and make sure you got the proper portion when you sell it. Right. Because I've had people ask me, you know, I got asked in this slightly off subject, but still on subject. We got approached to do a, a gig, a residency gig next summer. The guy's like, well, we had a barbecue guy there last year. It just seems like his stuff was really overpriced. And he said that. And I kind of I thought for a second and I went, well, you know, we do grilled cheese, but our grilled cheese is not inexpensive. 
expensive. And I told him, I said, you know, barbecue, I don't, I don't cook barbecue. I don't claim to be, I cook it at home. I got a big smoker. I love barbecue. As far as selling it, I'm not an expert, but I told the guy, I will tell you this is a lot of labor. There's a lot of work and they're charging you. I said, it's like, I said, have you ever gone to the store to buy beef jerky? He goes, yeah, I go, it's expensive because they're charging you. I think, I think the wet weight or the pre-cooked weight or whatever that terminology is, they're, they're not passing the savings along to you. So that's why I told him, I said, that's why beef jerky is so expensive. It's, it's the shrinkage and it's delicious and it's wonderful and everybody wants it, but it's labor intensive. And those numbers have to be there for that guy. And I didn't know, and thank you for answering that question. I didn't know exactly how you did that. They have to be there for that guy in order for him to, again, keep gas in the truck and pay for all that stuff. I found in my travels through the little food truck lifestyle that we have out here, one of the most expensive food trucks is barbecue. And part of that reason is because of how much the food actually cooks down. There's some guys that I've talked to, and I really dispute this number, but y'all don't, don't cook this product, so I have to go with what they say. They're telling me they have they lose about 50% when they're cooking a brisket. And you know, brisket's really, really popular, especially in Texas. If you're buying something that costs you, you know, 10 bucks a pound and you're losing 50% of it, that's a bunch of loss. And then you've got to be super careful when you're portioning it. You know, so if you're getting yeah. six ounce portions, you need to hit that pretty darn close. And to be honest with you, the only way to do it is to have a scale and to sit there and actually weigh it out. A lot of barbecue guys are what they call scoop and serve. They get some type of big disher and then scoop it out. But the problem with that is you become inconsistent because just think about a, a big pan of meat. It's sitting there. It's tasty. It's delicious. It's got, you know, some moisture in it. It's got the meat in it. So you run that disher, which is the big ice cream scoop. You run it in there and you push it against the side of the pan to squeeze out some of the juice. What that does is it takes that heaping scoop and then compresses it down. So now it becomes a level scoop. So your intention was to put maybe six ounces because that's what the scoop averages. Yeah. But because you compress that meat into it, you're putting six and a half, maybe even six, three quarters. And that adds up over the number of scoops you do throughout the day. Wow. Yeah, because that's that's how my buddy Dave does it. He does it with a scooper. And I've always, I, and, and and again, I've always, you know, just my own curiosity, you know, how do people do things? Because that, that math, my math is fairly simple. But to do things like that, that math just kind of boggles the mind again, because there are so many variables. Yes. It's very, very difficult to do that with a, you know, a dish or a scoop, because you're going to be inconsistent. The very first restaurant that I did, we sold roast beef. So that's why I knew all about the different cooking, you know, cooking controls. Yeah. The end product goes onto a meat slicer, just like you're slicing your cheese. And then we were slicing, and we every sandwich got weighed. And we had a, a old counterbalance scale, so the little needle would go back and forth, and the idea was to get it, you know, so I'm weighing every single sandwich before I'd wrap it and send it out. The leftover meat, because you can't sell 100% of a roast because you're going to have little bits like you talked about that won't slice thin enough. Yeah. So we, take, we called them scraps. So we would take those scraps and turn it into a barbecue sandwich. And so we're adding barbecue sauce. It was a real simple recipe. It was basically cut the meat up really, really fine and then throw barbecue sauce on it and then reheat it the next day. And now you got a barbecue sandwich. And that we would use a scoop on. But because of the moisture that we had in it, and it's already a product that we're either going to throw away and lose or we can sell it as a barbecue sandwich, we didn't mind you know, running that scoop against the side of the pan to make it a level 
very packed scoop because right. again, otherwise that that meat would have been thrown away. Right, and you already counted for that in your exactly. your measurement, your weight loss, and your exactly your measurement there. I get it. That makes yeah. sense. For yeah, us, I always wondered that. For us on the roast beef, we wanted a ninety-two percent yield, and so we're we're weighing it all through those processes. So the last math that we would do is at the end of the day, we'd run a reading on the cash register to see how many sandwiches that we sold, you know, that we legitimately sold, and then double check that against the end weight that we had of meat left over. You know, after it's all being cooked and cooked down. And if it didn't come out to 92%, we had a problem. We knew there was a cooking issue somewhere or there's a weight issue somewhere. We overportioned or whatever. So if you're right. not doing those double checks, you're throwing away money. I don't like wow. money. No, I don't either. I don't like that. And same, I would assume, because, um, and, and again, I don't want to, you know, run you too far off subject. No, but um, my, my buddy, he does mac and cheese the same way. Right. You know, he makes big pans of it and he uses a scooper. And again, my question, I guess, when you're making mac and cheese and I've made homemade mac and cheese, it goes the other way. Because when you cook noodles, they expand, they soak right. up moisture. And they get heavier. How does that? Yeah, it's heavier. Yeah. What you're going to do with, with some type of product like that, whether it's mac and cheese or coleslaw or anything like that, you don't get too worried about what the pre-cooked weight is. You're just going to make a batch and you... You've got two choices. You can either make the batch, get a weight on it when it's totally done, and then divide that by how much you want the portions to be weight-wise, and then you just weigh them out you know, individually. Or you can do like he's doing and do a scoop. And then what you're going to do is take one batch and see what the average number of scoops is that comes out of it. If you look at the the disher is what it's called, it's an mm -hmm. ice cream disher. It has a little clicky thing that you know puts that little... Uh, thing yeah. is spit the food. They're in out. different sizes. You can get right. the six ounce and the four. Yeah. Yeah. They're actually, they have a number on them. It'll say like a number six or number eight or number, you know, 10 or 12 or whatever. The smaller the number, the bigger the scoop is. And what that number refers to is the number of ice cream scoops would come out of, I believe it's a quart that they would measure. Hmm. So if it says six, that's the number six scoop, then it should be giving you six scoops of ice cream out of a quart so if they're going to measure their uh, mac and cheese that way they're going to make a batch and then how many scoops can i get out of this batch and just count them you know it's going to be 10 yeah. it's going to be 12 and at that point then they know how much money they got into them the big batch of macaroni and cheese and then they know how many portions they're getting out of it, how many real portions and divide it yeah and divide it exactly well, that's pretty. That was easier than I thought. Then, yeah. oh, the other thing we do too is I sell uh, again, you know, Coke, Diet Coke, water, and Sprite. Um, I go to Costco. I get those. What are they? Roughly twelve with tax. I think twelve fifty a case. Right. I think we pay like thirty five cents a pop. I sell them for two fifty, which is good. And that's another weakness. No, that's my only variable that I have. My only my, those are the only things I sell on the truck right now because we're still testing soup. I think the soup will end up being really good in, in the cold weather for sure. We always did soup, some variation of soup when it was cold for the most part. That is a 14% food cost of it. If you're getting it for 35 cents a can, you sell them for 250. What a lot of people don't realize is you want a side like mac and cheese or a side like soda to be a very low food cost to help balance something you can't get in that 25 to 28% range. For example, huh. brisket. Yeah. Like I said, the brisket, because of the way it shrinks and all, you're going to have to sell that brisket for a pretty decent price. And still it may not yield you the 25 to 28% food cost. So what you want to do is a product that you know, like I bet one of your fancier grilled cheese may have a little bit higher food costs on it. Yes. Okay. So you train the cashier that anytime this sandwich is sold we've got to push that soda hey would you like a soda with that 
because it brings down the overall food cost of that particular ticket. So now it's not as painful to sell that higher food cost sandwich because you made up. You want to eat something funny. Our highest priced uh, grilled cheese comes out to about 14 bucks. Um, they range between 12, 12, 13, 14. They stay within that range. Our highest priced one, and again, same about that same percentage is also our best seller. Far and away the highest priced offering that we have, and and it's it, it's not even a close first place. It's like miles down the road, right. which I never I never foresaw that happening. And sometimes you just get surprised on the the food that you're selling that you look at it and go. So the- the pops, you know, the drinks, and and I really didn't, you know, I probably should have, you know, to to again your your credit, done the math on that, so to speak. I just kind of, you know, that one I kind of went by the seat of my pants. Well, we get right. it for thirty five cents a piece. We're on a truck. We're in the middle of nowhere. We're at a festival, wherever. And this this may be the wrong way to think about it. How much is you know two fifty for a coke? 250 for a water. I basically just thought to myself, is that out of line? Like the um, barbecue cost, how that's bigger. You know, the guy I talked to, he said, oh, it was really expensive, you know, kind of expensive. And I'm like, well, it's a lot of work that goes into that. Everybody kind of knows what a Coke costs. So I'm thinking, you know, I I, I don't want to, I don't want people to perceive me as either gouging or trying to rip somebody off because I'm not, you know, I want people to try my food. I want it to be good food and I want them to come back. But quite honestly, the, the Coke prices, the drink prices, I just kind of went, what would somebody be willing to pay? You know, that's a good point. <laughs> Whether that's right or wrong. <laughs> no, it's, or... it's the way you should do it. Because there's two factors that go into your prices. Number one is, you know, the quality of the food, obviously. The other one is convenience. A food truck represents convenience. You pay for convenience. Go to a convenience store, the thing that has that word in its title, go and buy toilet paper, go and buy milk. It costs you way more than if you go to Walmart, but it's the convenience. And, you know, food truck owners need to understand that you're there because there's no other food around. If you want to know how to price your soda, go to a a hotel and see how much they're charging for a can of soda. Open the little cooler in your room. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and it it's there for convenience and it's going to cost you a premium price. And you know, food truck owners need to be thinking about that. If it makes sense to their overall scheme of what they're selling. And certainly yeah. people that won't be able to get two fifty for a can of soda. And again, haven't had anybody, you know, oh what, two fifty for a water? Oh, that's outrageous. No one I've had people come up and, and they won't they don't order grilled cheeses, maybe we're you know, at the pumpkin farm or whatever, they come up with a bunch of kids. Hey, can I get seven waters from you? Yeah, you can. You add it up. It's two fifty a piece. You're like, whoa, okay, all right. We didn't. I we didn't have to make anything. You know, it's right, just exactly. like here. They're down there. They're right there in the cooler. Go ahead. Yeah, those are the kind of orders you want to take all day long because you're like, it's really easy. Yeah, it was. It's it's amazing when that happens. Especially with water, you're probably paying what eight cents to eleven cents per bottle. Yeah, it's pretty cheap. Yeah. Yeah, water's cheap. Always went with a name brand just to justify the price. And yeah, still... we, do the, we do the Ice Mountain. Okay, yeah. Which is a name brand. Yeah. yeah. I always hate going to a food truck and they're selling Nestle or, you know, Walmart brand. Great value. It's like you cheapskate. Just spend the money on something worth getting. See, that's what I mean. And and again, you, you bring that up. You're absolutely right. I don't want somebody to think, oh, yeah, like you said, you know, you cheapskate. You're going to pay yeah. 250 I know you... I know what you got this for, mm-hmm. which, you know, and, and humans are humans. You know, if they know kind of what you're paying, you know, it's kind of like selling somebody a car, you know, a used car or whatever. If they know what you paid for it and you're asking $12,000 more than what you paid for it and they know it, they're going to say you're ripping them. You know what I mean? I don't I don't want to be that person. Yeah, no one really wants to be that person unless they have no emotions and don't care. Ugh. 
Thank you so much for listening to the 10-Minute Food Truck Training Podcast. If you're finding all the information helpful to your food truck business, please become a monthly supporter of the podcast. Just hit the support button or follow the link in the description. Every little bit does help keep us going. Join our Facebook group. It's called Food Truck Training. We have a whole bunch of awesome members at all different levels, from brand new beginners to decades old veterans. They've all got your back when it comes to helping you with your food truck. And again, thank you for listening. Come back tomorrow because you know i got plenty more to say when it comes to helping you and your food truck business grow.